Black Tree Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone, so listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black Tree Crime. Do not go gentle into that good night. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And this is Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, friend, welcome and hello. What's poppin', Slime? Come on in. Relax with us. Let's have a good time. Well, this week, we're we're going to have a good time, but this case is really fucking sad. I'll just say that. Is it worse than last week? Mm, what was last week? The twist. Yes. Yes. Worse than last week. Oh, God. Um, but before we get started, if you guys don't follow us on Instagram right now, at Black True Crime Podcast, it was our mother's birthday last weekend, and we posted a little picture of her, and she's just so beautiful. Oh, she's doing way too much, looking way too young. Yes, better than a lot of of us. Yeah, I was about to say she looks younger than both of us, (laughs) I don't like it, uh, but yeah, she looks great. She turned 49, and she is hassling me to post this thank you video that she made. But she's very proud of. That's so true. She set up her (laughs) ring light and everything. So in advance to everybody, thank you for the birthday wishes. We appreciate you guys. And I'm trying to get her back on the show as soon as possible. They're in the middle of a move. Her and my dad are moving to a new place. So give us a little bit of time, but she's coming back. All right. All right. Sister, are you ready? Let's get into it. Let's get started. In 1967, a man was accused of committing the worst crime you can think of to not just one of his loved ones, but seven of them. Oh, this is a trigger warning type of case. So please prepare yourselves. And without saying too much, join us as we discuss the case of James Joseph Richardson. Okay, James. Mm-hmm. It's already not giving. Well, we'll see. It's early. Uh-uh. James Joseph Richardson was born on Thursday, December 26th, 1935. I'm not sure exactly what state he was like originally born in, but I do know that he spent most, if not all of his life in Florida and ended up moving a lot as he got older because his main source of income was working as a migrant farmer. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. An endangered slave. I was about to say that's old school, like real old school. Uh-huh. And as a kid, James was known to get in quite a bit of trouble. In fact, he apparently had a lengthy juvenile record and even spent some time at Mariana Correctional School for Boys, which is located in Mariana, Florida. So Mm. I think he was, it's given he was born in Florida. Yeah. As a kid, he was getting in trouble in Florida. Yeah. Cutting up Mm -hmm. in these streets. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to 1963. When James was 27 years old, he was married to a woman named Margie Westbrook, and they had a son together named Samson. Oh, little baby Samson. I love that name. In June of 1963, though, tragedy struck, and baby Samson was rushed to the Duval Medical Center in Jacksonville, Florida. Duval. Inappropriate timing. Oh, sorry. Where he was pronounced DOA. No! And that means, if you guys don't know, dead on arrival. What happened? 
So his death was considered suspicious at first, and when investigating, police noticed that James had brought the baby into the hospital earlier that day because he was experiencing extreme vomiting. Oh my God, Kayla. Right, so the baby was experiencing that. Right. And James brought him in by himself. I, I'm i thinking that he did. It wasn't indicated, but they did specifically say James brought him in. Okay. But no autopsy was conducted, so police didn't really have much to go on, and the case was officially closed on july 2nd um i'm pissed first of all the baby comes in earlier in the day mm-hmm. he's vomiting mm-hmm. y'all don't keep him y'all send him home somehow correct and then he's come back he comes back and he's dead on arrival yes something happened or something happened before then right when the baby was vomiting right and you know infants like things can go left really fucking easily yeah. really fucking quickly so I don't know what happened there, but it was determined that Samson's death was caused by natural causes. That's a damn lie. Because y'all didn't do no damn autopsy to even know. Mm-hmm. And years later, a sheriff named Frank Klein, we don't fuck with Frank, just okay. so you know, reported that baby Samson died after allegedly consuming some uncooked beans. And according to his then wife, Margie, she believed that James had something to do with the death. And I believe her. <sighs> She was so emphatic about it that she ended up taking the couple's other three children and straight up just left James. Bye. Stating that she was afraid the same thing would happen to their other children. I mean, do you not believe her? I mean, it it does seem suspicious, especially if she wasn't home and she straight up like, what the fuck happened to my baby? He was fine when I left type of thing. Yeah. I can understand why she's like, uh, uh. And then when you live with the man... And you think he's capable of something, I'm liable to believe you, bitch, because you know him at this point. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're being malicious and you're lying, mm-hmm. then I'm be- I'm liable to believe every suspicion she has. She's the closest person to him. Yes, exactly. James went on with his life, working on farms and moving constantly, and he ended up eventually meeting his second wife, Annie May, who worked as a migrant farmer as well. Girl. Mm-hmm. So this is Annie May. She's cute. Mm-hmm. She's cute. And that is her man next to her. Mm. <laughs> James? So, yes. Mm. So, yeah, they were working as migrant farmers, but they didn't have the typical husband and wife relationship. Was it an open relationship? Kristen, very close. According to an article written by Peter Gallagher about this case, the two were habitual cheaters. Ah! <laughs> One would leave the relationship to do their own thing and then come back and vice versa. At least it was mutual. (laughs) But it seemed like James was doing most of the leaving and coming back, despite the couple having seven children. Kayla, please. Kayla, please. Seven children. And the thing is, 1963 is when baby Samson died, right? Mm -hmm. His relationship with Margie was done very soon after that. Right. In 1967, they have seven children. Kayla. How? She was having babies, multiple babies. So two of them she brought from her previous relationship. So five were only biologically James's. Okay, so five in almost four years. Correct. And the thing, the thing that's also so crazy is the numbers of like the ages when we talk about how old the kids are doesn't add up. What do you mean? So I'm like, was he fucking with Annie before he was fu- while he was fucking with Margie? Because some of these children are older than Samson would have been. Uh-uh. <laughs> Yeah, girl. It doesn't really make much sense. You know how things from back in the day kind of get muddled. Records aren't really recording. Exactly. But yeah, I did question that. I was like, how is this possible? 
But either way, a bunch of kids they had together. Mm -hmm. So he was up and leaving so often that just seven months before the unthinkable happened, Annie Mae was able to obtain a warrant for James's arrest due to lack of support. Ooh. So basically, he wouldn't take care of his key. Get him, Annie. <laughs> but his deadbeat dad troubles didn't end there because just four days before the unimaginable happened, another warrant was issued on behalf of his first wife, Margie, for desertion and non-support. Ooh. Which, which she like deserted him. If right. we're being completely and utterly honest. Right. Um, but he wasn't paying. He wasn't taking care of the kids once she left. So I guess she had a right to do it. These women was writing him up. Mm-hmm. They wasn't fucking with him. Mm-mm. So at this point, James has at least eight living children that he does not seem to be taking care of. And on the salary of a migrant worker, I can only guess like how hard it was for him to even put food on the table for the family that he had at the time. Right. So James is now facing two warrants, two unhappy women, eight to 10 abandoned children. We're including the two Annie Mae had brought into the relationship. Okay. And essentially no money. This is toxic, bro. Yeah. This was a desperate man. But like you created the desperation that you have. Oh yeah. You shouldn't have all them damn kids. To be fair. And birth control wasn't really. <laughs> but condoms? Were they, were they a I thing? don't know. Was the pull-out method? Was, pull-out method? Was, it, was it not giving, sir? Were you just unloading in these women? Like, yes, he was. And I don't think he gave a damn necessarily about it and until they became wives. So, right. You know. So he probably felt like he had the right. That, yeah. But she I ain't got the that. money. Honey. She don't have the money, honey. And in October of 1967, it would only get worse. Mm. On Wednesday, October 25th, 1967, James and Annie Mae headed to work, which was picking fruit at the time, mm-hmm. about 14 miles away from where they lived. But before leaving, Annie Mae had made chicken sandwiches for the children to eat for breakfast. Okay. And a stew of rice and beans for them to have for lunch. Period, Annie. Good mom. Mm-hmm. Four of the couple's children were school-aged. They were eight-year-old Betty Jean, seven-year-old Alice, six-year-old Susie Mae, and five-year-old Doreen. So they headed to their school called Smith Brown. It was an all-black school. Mm -hmm. Still giving that. Yeah, I was about to say, it's Mm 1960-something. I saw that the ages were between 2 and 11, but we're just going to keep it at the ages that we know because I saw more often that the oldest was 8 years old. Okay. At lunchtime, the kids went back home to have their lunch. That was something that they did back then. Mm -hmm. And then they went back to school. And all four children who were all in separate classrooms started to have violent convulsions and at almost the exact same time. What the heck, Kayla? Mm -hmm. According to teachers, they had mucus coming from, quote, every bodily orifice. Ew. (laughs) And were rushed to the hospital by their principal. But the girls did not make it. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Back at the house, the other three children, four-year-old Vanessa, three-year-old Diane, and two-year-old James Jr. were experiencing the same convulsions. My God. And who was with them, by the way? We're going to get there. Okay. When police arrived to the home, James Jr. was already dead in the arms of the family's babysitter, Betsy Reese, so they weren't alone. Mm -hmm. While the two little girls were found, and this is just trigger warning, horrible, gut-wrenching. They were lying on the floor in the fetal position, whimpering and suffering from muscle spasms. My God. Neither girl would survive 
one died like the same day and another died 24 hours later. So all of the children in that house are dead. Yep. Everyone that lived there. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. You already know what is given. James all seven, did it. all seven children. Once autopsies were conducted, a poison called mm-hmm. parathion organophosphate dust was found in all of the children's bloodstreams. Mm-hmm. So they were all, you know, poisoned with essentially the same thing. My God. And this was a poison that was often used by citrus farmers to kill insects in the groves. Ooh-wee. And we know James and Anna Mae were working. Picking fruit. Picking fruit at the time. Exactly. So it's not looking good. At all. Ooh, this is so trifling. Mm-hmm. When James and Anna, Annie Mae arrived on the scene, James was immediately treated rudely. He asked Sheriff Klein where his children were and if they were okay, but his questions were completely ignored. Mm-hmm. And instead, the sheriff was asking him if he had any life insurance policies out on his children. Mm, well. Which I think is, like, very fucking unfair. Honestly, regardless of what you think about James so far, tell him where his kids are at. That part. And they don't know. Did they find out the poison was in there before or after James and them came home? Because they don't know anything yet. They just know they pulled up. The children were convulsing. They were sick. Mm -hmm. They were suffering. Mm -hmm. And that's all they have to go on right now. So we already know the times that it's given. We know probably the color of these sergeants and Mm -hmm. police officers skin. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about the little area they were in. Mm -hmm. According to James, quote, I looked up and seen one of the kids lying there, just lying there. The cover come back and she say, I'm all right. I want to go home with my mother and father. Oh, my God, Kayla. And then she laid back down and died. Oh, Kristen, just take me home. Take Take me me. to my Lord. Good Lord. Could you imagine the trauma? I mean... What does your brain go through? You know, she said that she was all right. Mind you, the sheet was supposed to cover her body. Yes, as if like she was not alive alive anymore. And then it had come back. Yeah. And there she is saying, I'm okay. I Mm -hmm. just want to go home. And maybe this was the baby girl that died the next day, you know, that 24 hours. This is horrible. This is unbelievable. Annie Mae fully fucking lost consciousness. Bitch, she was oh, not she's out. okay. Yeah, she fucking hit the floor. Oh, and James said he was in such a state of shock, he didn't know what the fuck to do. Hmm. The very next day, the Miami Herald wrote about the children's deaths, calling it, quote, the most ghastly crime in Florida history. And this led to more media attention than the town of Arcadia had ever experienced. Now, a little bit about Arcadia, like I said, we're gonna get to it. They were hella fucking racist. 
Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Had a bunch of like, for lack of a better word, no shade, rednecks. Okay. The Ku Klux Klan was thriving and not hiding. So you can imagine how the town felt when all this media attention was showing up because of something that happened to a black family. Ooh, it wasn't happening. Mm-mm. And they didn't do it. Exactly. Oh. They were disgusted and wanted the case to be solved and closed as soon as possible. Wow. According to an anonymous state lawman, quote, oh, yeah, the media created a real rush to judgment. The boys needed to solve the case right away and make that media attention go away before they found out what that town was all about. And this lawman said this years and years and years later, but still wanted to remain anonymous. That's how you know that, like, this was a really horrible town. Yeah. And them, sh- them racist ass motherfuckers were probably still, he feared them. Yeah. And it shows it was part of the government mm-hmm. because he's like, uh uh-uh. uh. Exactly. Somebody with power can get can- me. Exactly. Right off the bat, investigators suspected that their most likely suspect, James mm-hmm. Richardson, was not only involved, but responsible for the murder of his own children. SMH. And the reason you may ask, well, it's because they thought he wanted the insurance money. Okay. Okay. And it sounds like it's just a bullshit ass assumption. Like when I heard it, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. did he have insurance policy? Right. Like that? that's what I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out. And how much were they honestly? Yeah. First question. Um, but James did have a little bit of suspicious shit going on at the time. Like we talked about, he had the two warrants that he was served with in less than eight months for mm-hmm. not taking care of his children. Mm-hmm. He also was pay- getting paid pennies on the dollar. And mm-hmm. we talked about how baby Samson back in 1963 had suddenly Died. passed away in James's care mm-hmm. after eating something. Mm-hmm. So the police felt they were definitely looking at the right guy. Period. I do too. Not to mention police officers claimed that they'd found a business card in James's pocket that had all the names and ages of his children listed. Ew. Why? It included the three from his previous marriage. So it was hand, all this information was handwritten on the back of that business card. Mm-hmm. And on the front of it, it had the information of a door to door insurance salesman that James claimed had shown up to the house unexpectedly the night before. The night before? Mm-hmm. Kayla, it's a setup. <laughs> it's a premeditated murder, uh, almost a serial killing. It's definitely a mass murder. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that part. Definitely a mass murder. But I can I can see how if you're looking at the surface of everything and not going an inch deeper, James did it. Yeah, because, hello, the insurance. Even if you go an inch deeper, you find the warrants saying I, that he's not taking care of his kids. So Fair. I know. Uh, fair. At this point in the case, at this point in my research, I was like, things are looking too... It's him, it's him, it's him. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. To where I was like, is it really him? Like, who are the other suspects? Who were the other possibilities? Exactly. So James admitted when he was confronted with this, he admitted like, yeah, I talked to this guy about getting a $500 life insurance policy on each of the children, a $1,000 policy on his wife, Annie Mae, and a $2,000 policy on himself. Okay. So wasn't too fishy right. since he was getting one on himself too. As well, and it was the most. Mm-hmm. Investigators tested the home for traces of the Parathian, which they found, Kristen, fucking everywhere. Girl. They found it in the sugar bowl, the laundry powder that had only just been purchased the day before the murders, by the way. The flour, the jar of lard, the cornmeal, and the refrigerator, even on the clothes of the children and the parents. Okay. 
I understand they work in a farm, you know, and they're picking fruit, right? Mm-hmm. So there could be remnants on That's them. That's what I was thinking. Maybe they had them on their hands while she was cooking. Exactly. Knew, you know? Exactly. But scientists later claimed that they found enough paratheon in that house to kill everyone in town. Good God. Yeah. Fucking crazy. So who did Someone it? had like, someone had like a... A bucket. A bucket, a bag of Paratheon and was just like sprinkling it, flower girling it every fucking where that they could within that house. But my thing is like, okay, if you were doing that, who were you really trying to get to? Because everybody lives in that house. Mm-hmm. James and Annie live in that house. Correct. And if they weren't made aware, Annie could have made flower, you know, something out of flour for yes. both of them for lunch. Yes. It could, it would, it could have killed everyone in the house. Right. And maybe that was the goal, but. We don't know right now. Ooh. So police saw all of this evidence of like, damn, there's a bunch of this shit in the house. But police couldn't find the source of the Paratheon on the property mm. until the next day. The neighbor and babysitter, Betsy Reese, and another man named Charles Smith reported that they found a bag of Paratheon in James and Annie May's shed. Uh Oh, yeah. But it was noted that although everything else in the shed was bone dry, the bag itself was noticeably damp, which is a little suspicious. Mass suspicious. Like, this doesn't belong here. Where was it before it got here? Right. Uh-huh. So. Oh, God. And why wouldn't they move it if they knew, like, if James was, like, the suspect, right? Right. If he mm-hmm. was the killer, why wouldn't he have moved the bag? Right. Why wouldn't he have it in his back? own shed? Yeah, like, they literally came back the next day or got called back because the neighbors found it. Right. Why didn't you move the bag? And the thing is, they searched that property the day that it happened. But in my research, I didn't see that they found that bag. So, so was, was it, it put there? Was it planted after? Or did James put it back when he thought that he was in the clear? Ooh. There's possibilities. Okay. I'm playing devil's advocate. But we'll see. What do you guys think? Let's get into <laughs> it. So with this information that he felt was sufficient enough, Sheriff Klein went to a grand jury and told them about the insurance card they'd found on James and noted the fact that when James was notified about the children's death, he basically had like no emotion. He was calm and looked like he was a little unfazed, but the man was in shock. He just lost all his damn kids. Yeah, I don't like that. Like you you can't tell somebody how to grieve. I understand what it could look like, but you really just don't know what people are going to do to react. Until you're like in that situation yourself. Mm -hmm. The jury, which was the grand jury of all white people, I might add, indicted James on just one of the children's murders and he was arrested immediately. Okay. But not before he was able to attend his children's funerals. And if you're on Patreon, you'll see right now that the children are in their caskets. Wow. Really fucking sad. It looks like hundreds of people attended. A lot of people are there. You can see James and Annie Mae at the front. And it's kind of interesting how Annie Mae's being comforted by some random man. I don't know who that is. <sighs> and James is like right behind them. Mm-hmm. But Annie looks tired, girl. She looks like she's not alive. She looks like she's in that casket as well. Yep, a walking zombie. Fucking horrible. Rest in peace to those innocent babies. Look at how many caskets, Kayla, she had to pass of her children. Of, of her children. And unfortunately, there's not pictures of the actual children. It's just them in caskets, which is fucking horrible. Oh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. This is a picture of James at the funeral, and he is a hot mess. Mm. Inconsolable. As can be expected. As we would want to expect. 
you know, especially at the funeral, like it's really hit you that they're really gone. This yeah. isn't just in the moment. This is days after he's yeah. he's a wreck. And then this is where the children are buried. And just seeing that many little headstones and knowing that those little baby bodies are in there. Oh my God. I would need to be in a psych war if I was them. Like, who did this? Like, any lost kids from James, you know, as the father, but also her mm-hmm. previous children. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the thing is, I'll tell you guys right now, Annie, Annie Mae stays by, beside her man. She don't think that he did it. Really? Yeah, she was a down-ass bitch. Okay. Right. Daytona Beach attorney John Robinson and his partner agreed to represent James during his trial pro bono. Okay. Which means for free. Thank you. Even though they were civil lawyers and not criminal, which in my opinion kind of hurt them when it came trial time. Hell yeah. They don't know how these things really go. Yeah. Because they were not asking the right questions. Oh, Lord. James was initially held without bail, but Robinson filed a writ of habeas corpus claiming that the prosecution has no solid evidence against James. It was all speculation. Mm -hmm. Which is basically true. It is. Other than the Paratheon, but we don't know that came from James. We Exactly. A judge agreed and changed his bond to $7,500, which is completely unheard of, especially for a fucking black man accused of murdering his children. Is it high or low? Kristen, him having a bail at all is like a miracle. Is is fucking shocking. Wow. Yeah. And even better, the bail bondsman was so convinced that James was innocent that he completely waived the bond fee. What? So he didn't have to pay shit. What is going on here? Girl. What in the blackity black is going on here? <laughs> in this hacky sack ass town. <laughs> you know, like I'm expecting something racial and like, mm-hmm. you know, the all white jury already pissed me off mm-hmm. and they're letting him go without paying bond. Very shocking. Wow. So at this point, the prosecution is desperate to find something that could convince a judge to put this man back in jail and hold him. Mm. Well, the short time that James was in the clink. James had three jailhouse snitches come forward and claim that he'd admitted to all of them in separate occasions that he poisoned the the children's food. Paid. That's what it's giving. It's giving they were paid. Paid confessions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of them even included a motive other than the insurance money. So allegedly, James was mad at Annie Mae for having a lesbian affair with the babysitter. Piss off. I don't. I don't buy it. No, I don't buy that one bit. Because if what we know about the relationship is true, they were having affairs all up and down the city. Right. All the time. They was impressed about it. And how would have James been mad? Because it was a lesbian affair? Exactly. Or because he wanted the babysitter? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, no. But I don't think he's killing seven kids over it. Exactly. So they basically say he wanted revenge for this. I didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And these claims were enough for James to be sent back to jail. Wow. So some he say, she say, ass shit. That's what you got to watch. You mm-hmm. got to watch who you talking to. You got to watch. Mm-hmm. Kristen, have I not been ranting and raving about my Miracle May sheets? Yes, girl. You will never stop <laughs> talking about them. I How won't. are they? They are fucking amazing. I'm the type of person that gets too hot, beach. 
real quick under the covers at night. Mm-hmm. And Miracle Maid makes it so much easier for me to like stay asleep because that type of stuff wakes me up. Mm-hmm. So if you're like me, you have to try Miracle Maid's bed sheets. They're inspired by NASA. Ah, yeah. What else is giving then? High tech stuff. They're made with silver infused fabrics that are basically to help your temperature regulate while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then the silver also helps keep your sheets cleaner for longer. So it prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So they're safe. Yeah, they're safe. They're cleaner and it makes your sleep quality better. Oh my God, I want some. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you guys want to try out Miracle Made Sheets, go to trymiracle.com slash crime and use our code BlackTrueCrime for 40% off of your purchase plus three free towels. 40%? Yes, girl. Give me some. I- <laughs> And if you're not 100% satisfied, you can get a full refund. Y'all know how we like about that. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're interested, go to trymiracle.com slash crime and use our code BlackTrueCrime to get a free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Thank you in advance, Miracle. Protect your peace, protect your space, and protect your sleep. Period. Okay, now back to the episode. <laughs> Two of the jailhouse snitches ended up actually testifying against James at his trial and receive reduced sentences for their cooperation. Paid, like I said. I even read that they were immediately released. Like, after they provided their statements and everything, they were let out. Doesn't look good. At all. While the third man that said, hey, he told me this, was stabbed to death in a pool hall before the trial. Oh! So he never got to testify, but his statement was still used in court as evidence. I don't like that. Mm -mm, Me neither. Because of the media's clear bias and misreporting in Arcadia, James's trial was moved to DeSoto County. But this was something that his legal team felt hurt his case because it didn't allow people that actually knew him in the community and like knew of his reputation to say, you know, like to have a have a say. To in vouch what was going for on. him, to be a part of the trial. To be a part of the jury, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Not to mention more than 15 jurors had to be removed because they either opposed the death penalty felt circumstantial evidence wasn't enough to convict someone of murder, which it's like, why were they that's removed? That's fair. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think that's a fair thing to think. This is giving rigged now that I'm hearing this. 110%. Or they were former KKK members. So okay, well. <laughs> I was like, that is probably fair. They probably walked into the jury pool with their hoods on right. or their fucking Nazi tattoos or whatever. So that gives. They had to be like, okay, well can't have you on here right because they're gonna put them away regardless Mm -hmm. and if you try to apply that same sentiment to the people who don't agree with the death penalty Mm -hmm. you really can't because they can still convict a man and not give him the death penalty not not want him to get it right and not want him to get it right but he was facing the death penalty like life wasn't on the table for him so you either had to get with it or get gone oh so they got gone right on may 31st 1968 after the all-white jury Deliberated for less than an hour, they found 32-year-old James guilty of murder and sentenced him to death by electric chair. Less than an hour. They gave him the chair. In less than an hour. In less than an hour, yep. That's disgusting, though. This is a man's life. You know what I'm saying? And y'all are treating it like it's tic-tac-toe, beach, monopoly. But to be fair, once we get to, like, the information that they didn't hear in the case or in the trial, you'll be like, damn. They didn't really have much to work off of. Mm -hmm. So I'm not too mad at them, especially how quickly they came to their judgment, considering what they had to work with. Okay. 
The death conviction, though, didn't stick for long because just four years later, the U.S. Supreme Court outlawed the death penalty, Ooh. deeming it unconstitutional. Ooh-wee. They clearly don't agree with that anymore. Right. <laughs> and James's sentence was commuted to 25 to life, and he would be eligible for parole in 1993. Okay, well, he got off really, I mean, in comparison to what he was about to get, he got off really easy. Yeah, like what? 1968 is when he was convicted to 1993 that is like what 25 years mm-hmm. exactly yeah mm-hmm. in 1988 and after spending what 20 years in jail james's lawyers which included a man named mark lane who went on to write a book about the case called arcadia and he would later investigate the assassination of president jfk Ooh. along with john robinson who was james's initial defense attorney okay felt that James was done a huge injustice during the investigation and his trial and sought to get him a new trial. Okay. When the two men visited James on death row, James said to them, quote, Oh, he was still in death row? I don't know if he was necessarily on death row, but he was still in prison, obviously. Right. James said to them, quote, I don't know what you can do. I know you is trying with your heart, and I thank you for that. I thank you for everything. Oh, come on, James. Now you're pissing me off. Has he pulled on your heartstrings? Yes. And I don't know if he did it or he didn't do it. I know. I know. It's so crazy. John Robinson replied, quote, I'm going to get you out of here. If I spend every dime I have, if I spend every hour that is left to me, I swear, James, you're going to walk out that door. Kayla, I'm starting to get goosebumps. Wasn't that like intense? Like for someone to have that type of conviction that and they know this person and they've walked through the case with this person and the evidence. Yes. Maybe James did not do this. Maybe he didn't do it, sister. Although it was giving James did this. <laughs> it wasn't smelling too too good at the beginning. No, it was, it was smelling like some Paratheon mm-hmm. on James' fingers. It was, sister, it was. And these two men were not playing around. The lawyers had some new information that would completely exonerate James of the murders, including a confession from the real killer. Ooh, ooh, bitch. Knock me out. I'm out for the count. Kristen, who do you think it was? Bitch, I don't know. Uh (laughs) Wait a minute. Was it Annie? No. Annie, no, Annie couldn't do that. She she lost her soul when she lost her kids. She literally was in the grave. They they buried her in the ground with You know them. what I'm saying? But she stood beside her man. Mm-hmm. Kayla, please. Kristen. Who did it? We're going to get to it. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. It was the babysitter, Betsy Reese, who was living in a nursing home at the time and had allegedly confessed to a few workers that she was the one that poisoned the children and not James. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. In 1986, a nursing home employee named Brenda Frazier had heard rumors that Betsy was confessing to the murders. And one day she just flat out asked her, quote, did you kill those kids, Betsy? To which she replied, quote, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Kayla. Now, she was in this nursing home because she was suffering from Alzheimer's. Old as hell. 
old <laughs> even if she wasn't old as hell she was suffering mm-hmm. and they kind of didn't take her confession seriously like at all because she's going because through. she was going through but with alzheimer's you don't start lying about things right you like forget. you just forget so why would she say something why would she confess to something if it's not true girl yeah I, alzheimer's don't do that to you i'm I am flabbergasted right now. Mm-hmm. Betsy did it. She did it. Why did she do it? We're going to get to it. Lane and Robinson hired a private investigator named Jake Ross to find more witnesses, and they tracked down Charles Smith, the man that was with Betsy when the bag of Parathion was found that The neighbor. Day. Correct. Mm-hmm. He claimed that the day of the murders, he saw all of this like commotion outside of his neighbor's house and asked Betsy what was going on. She told him that the children had all died from poisoning. And this was before any tests had been done. This was before anyone knew what the fuck was really going on. They just knew that the kids were sick and they were dying. Mm -hmm. He also said that she was the one that took him to the shed and walked directly to the bag of uh, Paratheon, pointed at it and said, that's it. So initially in the trial, the jury and the judge were told that Charles Smith was the one that found the bag of Paratheon. Hmm. But it was really Betsy. Betsy took him to the bag of Paratheon. Yes. Attorney Mark Lane said that he had proof that Sheriff Klein and the DeSoto County State Attorney Frank Schwab had evidence that pointed to Betsy, but suppressed it. Let it all out. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This man spent 20 years of his life. They were working overtime. Like, they did not spare any expense trying to get this man out of jail. And remember the jailhouse snitches? Mm-hmm. Well, two out of the three of them were dead by this point. But the remaining survivor actually recanted his testimony, saying he was coerced to say that James had confessed to him. Of course he was. So it never fucking happened. Some more of the evidence that they found that showed that the shit was all botched from the beginning was the jury was never told that although James may have been looking into life insurance policies for the family, he never actually purchased them because he couldn't afford the premium. My God, Kayla. And girl, he talked he talked with the insurance person the day before. You think you signed paper, even if he did pay the premium right then and there. You sign the paperwork, you think the next day it's going to kick in? But you mean to tell me these motherfuckers didn't even tell them? Oh, he didn't actually buy it? Nope. So they're, Kayla, please, get nope. out of my face, bro. And the thing is, it's not the prosecution's job to tell, to right. basically it's- tell, but they're supposed to use this information to help them find who actually really did it. They're supposed to use this information to point them in the right direction of who the killer is. But they already had their man, so they weren't going to do that. Exactly. They had no point. They had no reason to. But damn, it was on James' lawyers to be like, but did he actually pay for the premium? That's what I'm saying. And it was just, it really bit him in the ass to not have real criminal defense attorneys on his behalf. And 20 years later, they're just now having all of this evidence, all of these, and a confession to release James finally. Yeah. I mean, when you see on paper, this man has been accused of killing seven children and he possibly killed an eighth which is baby Samson. I mean, no one's going to look at his case and give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Unless a special circumstance, which is exactly what happened in this. I'm about to say it's true because I thought he did it. You did, Kristen. You were fucking hell bent. From John, from baby Samson. You were saying give him the chair. I, well. Yeah. 
It was also pointed out that Sheriff Frank Klein basically straight up lied and said that James had poisoned six other children in another county. He's so stupid. And, and James' defense team at the time just let him say that shit unchallenged during the trial. And like I said, they didn't really know what the fuck they were doing, but bitch, I could get up there and do a better job. You know what I'm saying? I would have set up objection, Your Honor. <laughs> Where is the evidence? Literally. You're just saying shit now. Now you're testifying. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I am blown. And I'm so sorry, James. <laughs> I thought you did it. She thought you did it, James. Yeah. So the only information the prosecution really had to convict James was the statements from the jailhouse snitches because the insurance guy never testified <laughs> and Charles Smith didn't testify. And even if they did, they would have provided exculpatory evidence. What does that mean? It basically means like, James didn't do it. Mm. They would get up there and basically have evidence that he didn't, that he didn't do, it. do it. So why would the prosecution use it? Mm. And on top of that, no one ever saw James in possession of the bag of Paratheon. So this case was just botched as fuck. And I think if James had more competent representation during his trial, he may have just walked away a free man the first time. Bro, do you think that James and Annie May suspected the babysitter? You know This what? entire time? Maybe they did, but I didn't see anywhere where it said James was pointing the finger at someone else or Annie was. I never saw that in the research, but it's possible. Because oh I'm God. like, who else had access to all seven of their children after they had already left for the day? Right. And it was only Betsy. Mm-hmm. But then again, so I said, you know, he could have been a free man, but it's not looking like it really was... A possibility because the judge and jury completely ignored the fact that the entire family ate breakfast together that morning. Mm-hmm. So they ate those chicken sandwiches. Mm-hmm. No one got sick. Mm-hmm. So the poisoning would have had to happen after Annie Mae and James had already left for work. Yep. And before the children went back to school after lunch. Yep. So whoever was in contact with all seven children between that window of time had to be the one that was responsible. And it was Betsy. And it was fucking Betsy. My God. A prominent Miami attorney named Ellis Rubin got involved and decided to represent James pro bono as well. Thank you, Ellis. We needed you from jump. Thank you for stepping up. And took this evidence before the acting governor, who then assigned Dade County State's attorney, Jeanette Reno, as a special prosecutor to reexamine the case. Please. So the judge was basically like, this is not looking the fuck good. You know, Janet handled my light work. Look into this. Let me know what's good. Mm -hmm. And less than one year later, on April 25th, 1989, Judge Clifton Kelly ruled that the suppressed evidence prevented James from getting a fair trial and decided to set aside his conviction. Ooh-wee. Saying, quote, the court finds that if certain evidence had been disclosed to the defense, there is a definite probability the outcome of the trial would have been different. My God, Kayla, I have chills. Isn't that crazy? Because we also have to remember some of this evidence the the defense was never even aware of because it was completely suppressed. Wow. And when we get to some more shit about Betsy, you're going to be like, what the fuck? They didn't tell the defense this. They straight up sent this man to death on nothing. They coerced the entire case. Yeah. They basically were going to take his life. Kristen, 110%. Whatever oath they took to protect the public and serve, whatever the fuck, they straight down the toilet. Botched. Mm-hmm. I literally just told Kristen I have been waiting for this ad. <laughs> literally just told me. 
HelloFresh is amazing. I, I got to think of better words to describe awesomeness because it's just awesome. Well, let me give you some. It's convenient. Mm-hmm. It's culture. Mm-hmm. And it's so unique. The box that we just got, y'all, not only was it for a bigger family. Right. Because ours is growing, as you know. <laughs> But it was so different and so many different cuisines from so many different backgrounds. And they were all phenomenal. Y'all, delicious. And I'm a picky eater. I don't play those types of games. Not just anything is going into me. And HelloFresh has shown me why they are America's number one meal kit. So if you want to see why they're so lit and got that number one spot, you have to go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 black true crime and use our code 50 black true crime for 50% off plus free shipping. Do you hear that? Mm-hmm. 50%. And y'all don't be afraid to zhuzh up them recipes, okay? Mm-hmm. HelloFresh did a phenomenal job, but you know us folks like to add a little salt and pepper. Like to add a little more spices, a okay? little more seasoning. But they give you everything you need. Yes, a great place to start, especially if you're on a time crunch during the week. So, or if you want to learn new recipes. 100%, sister. So again, visit HelloFresh dot com slash 50 black true crime and use our code 50 black true crime for what Kristen 50% off and free shipping or that don't play period all right back to the episode James was released from prison and on May 5th 1989 prosecuting attorney Jeanette Reno announced that the case against him would be completely dismissed altogether thank so you. they weren't going to retry it thank you Jesus right oh James I bet James was shouting bitch I'm so sorry James James lost seven kids Lost seven kids and 20 years of his life. And 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 under the assumption that he was the one who killed them. Exactly. My God. Imagine waking up every morning living with that. And knowing you didn't do it. Knowing that you didn't do it. But then knowing that he probably could see why people thought he did it. Yeah. But then also being aware that the person that really did it is still out here living their fucking life. Oh, Jesus. How do you not turn into like an, an angry bird? But you was know? he? No, he wasn't. From from the vibes of what he's talking, like, I'm going to tell you right now, mm-hmm. when he was released, he said, quote, it's a pleasure to walk on the beach, see the sunlight, picking up sand and dirt, kicking my feet in the water. I'll cry right now. <laughs> and he said it would never have happened if it wasn't for Mark Lane and John Robinson. Like, even when they went to go visit him while he was in prison and he was like, I just thank you for, you know, basically trying to trying. Mm, I know girl. you're trying with your heart. Mm-mm, I'm out for the count. Yeah. Seems like a. I'm pinching myself so I don't cry. <laughs> Give yourself pain in another way other than emotional. You know, and at this point, is Annie Mae still alive? Do you know? Annie Mae is. And we're going to talk about her in a little bit. So you may be asking, who the fuck is Betsy Reese? Mm-hmm. And why in God's name would she kill these children? Like, what the fuck possessed her? Yeah. Well, the 32-year-old woman, she was 32 at the time of the murders, was known as Big Mama Reese girl don't do that (laughs) (laughs) and let's just say she was low-key crazy Mm. and her main motive for the murders was revenge on who girl i'm gonna tell you apparently her husband at the time had left her for one of james's cousin so it was like really close to the time that she killed the children he just upped and left her for james's cousin that james ain't got nothing to do with nothing other than it's with. being his cousin maybe he hooked him up because we know james is a cheat was a was a cheat know, now. he was out here ripping Cheating. and running mm-hmm. maybe with the blessing of his wife but he was still doing it mm-hmm. so maybe he was like hey cousin like Ooh. you know here's a man and they were neighbors so yeah Ooh-wee. i can see how she blamed him 
And we also know that at the time of the murders, Betsy was on probation for killing her second husband. She shot him to death in 1956. Kayla, please. Kristen. Kayla, the defense knew this? Yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. The prosecution, prosecution knew mm-hmm. this? They knew. Oh, my God. And she was still under suspicion of killing her first husband, who died after eating a meal she'd cooked for him. Girl. And they they knew all of this. This is disgusting. Yep. Yep. And it was never shared with the defense. What is wrong with people? Like, this is the judicial system? Yeah. And to know that, like, we still have this stuff going on today. Yes. To really be like, people have the fucking gall, the balls to be like, I decided that you did it. And I'm going to do everything that I can to prove that you did it. You know? And then we got people from the outside paying off Mm -hmm. judges and Mm -hmm. lawyers to do their bidding. It's disgusting. It is just. Stop it. It's disheartening. Because it's like, where? Who do you put your trust in? Bessie God, bitch. God. Only know, God. And Bessie didn't do nothing for y'all. She didn't pay y'all off. She ain't got nothing for y'all. Why didn't nope. you just, you know, tell the truth? But you wanted James in jail. Why? So you could close that case fast. Yep. Y'all get on my mother freaking nerves. That's exactly what they wanted. Oh, and by the way, Bessie had children of her own that would usually eat with the Richardson children, but not on that day. Of course So I'm not. like, anyone with half a brain will be asking these questions. Why would you not question the last woman that was known to be in contact with the children? Why would you not even suspect her? Girl. But you suspect the father, who didn't even make the kids the food in the first place. Right. If anything, they should have expected Annie Mae before they Thank suspected you. James. Thank you, Kayla. But because, you know, he was writing down the the policy insurance thing. And, and had a couple of, warrants yeah. for not paying for his church. And baby Samson. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it didn't look good at the beginning, but at the same time, if we're using common sense, there should have been other people that were looked at before. I mean. Just in my opinion. But it's true, you know? And I feel like. When the way you lined it up and said, okay, after they ate the chicken sandwiches together, nobody got sick. Mm-hmm. That's like, okay, that's out. You know, James yeah. couldn't have done it because he left the house at that point. Yeah. And he didn't cook Annie Mae's rice and beans. Annie Mae cooked it. So Correct. if anything, she should have been the first suspect. Exactly. Oh, my God. Crazy. So like I said earlier, the, Betsy had Alzheimer's. So the shitty part about her confessing was the timing. And no one really took her seriously. And charges were never, ever filed against her. And she died of the disease in 1992. Girl. Mm-hmm. And he got out in 93. He got out in... He got out in 89? Oh. May 5th of 1989. He was released. Okay. Or he was released before then. That's when they decided that he wasn't going to be re-prosecuted. Okay. Wow. After his release, James wanted his get back, understandably. Period. <laughs> and filed a lawsuit against DeSoto County for his wrongful conviction. The suit was settled for $150,000, mm-hmm. which is a really nice chunk. It's all right. Right. It's a nice start. Mm-hmm. In 2008, he filed another suit seeking compensation from the state of Florida. Mm. Bitch, that, you, know, you already know that Get wasn't going nowhere. Get the whole state. That one wasn't going nowhere. Well, he tried. It got denied. But in 2000, I'm sorry, in June of 2014, Governor Shit Rick Scott <laughs> did something not shitty for once and signed a bill that authorized a payment of $1 million to James. And that's what we're talking about. That's, that's worth 20 years. That's not even worth 20 years of my life. No. But that's something. Hell fucking no. It's something. So they gave him $50,000 for each year he was wrongly convicted. Girl. Or sorry, wrongly incarcerated. And he started receiving those payments in 2016. 
Hmm. James. Mm-hmm. He also sold the rights to his story for $20,000. You better get your money, James. But the movie hasn't been made yet. Who Still cares? You better get your money. Mm-hmm. They need to make that damn movie. I'll cry because <laughs> I thought you did it. I know. I'll never forget that I thought you did it. James. I will watch the shit out of that documentary. Me too. After his release, though, James's life wasn't all, you know, peaches and cream. Right. His wife, Annie Mae, stuck by his side while he was in prison for those 21 years, but she stopped visiting him completely five years before he was released. Okay, well, Maybe she was still writing to him, but... Yeah. Once he was released, though, James initially claimed that he wanted to continue their life together and live happily, but by October, he filed for divorce. Oh! (laughs) And it was a divorce that Annie did not want. Like, she fought it. And when she heard about the lawsuits James was filing against the state and everything for his wrongful conviction, she felt she was entitled to half of that money. I don't know about... Yeah, I mean, she lost her kids. She did lose her kids, but it wasn't the state's fault. He was suing... He wasn't suing the state for killing his children. Right. He was, he was suing, suing them for... conviction. Exactly. Keeping him in prison when he didn't do it. Right. That has nothing to do with her. I get that, you know, and I don't think she deserves half when right. you think about that part. Yeah. By the same time, she was still married to this man, still a portion right. of her mm-hmm. because they are one mm-hmm. is in prison. But, She's still going through it. Yeah, but I don't think she deserves half the That's money, what I said. especially I think- when they weren't even married when he got the judgments. They were already divorced. Yeah. So my ex-wife is coming and saying, okay, well, now she wants money from me. I don't fucking think so. (laughs) And that's just my opinion. I just feel like, yeah, I understand. Like, girl, you was doing a lot. Half. Mm. But then I think about the fact that she lost her kids. Yeah. She lost kids that she didn't even have by James, you know? Right. Like, I understand that she would want some type of something, you know, because she had nothing they she lost lost her kids and was given nothing from that lost her man you know everything she lost everything but her life exactly and she did have one surviving daughter i forgot her name but Mm -hmm. she did have one child left but still it was just a lot i don't know if she ever got the money that she was looking for but as of the recording of this episode she has passed away Mm. Someone else that is no longer living is that corrupt ass piece of shit frank klein by frank sheriff at the time And he died in October 2013. Well, good. At least he got to see James get his money. Well, he didn't get to see him get his money because he didn't start getting his money until 2016. And the Mm -hmm. judgment that shit Rick Scott, like the bill that shit Rick Scott signed Mm -hmm. to give him the money wasn't signed until 2014. Okay. But he did see him get out of jail and be labeled as wrongfully convicted. So yeah, fuck you, Frank. Frank, how dare you? How could you? racist piece of shit james is now 87 years old living in wichita kansas with his new wife Teresa, mm. and they apparently live a very low-key life james felt like if people knew where he was and knew how much money he had he would be an easy robbery target i mean so. it's true you're all his head low yeah mm-hmm. james has suffered from health issues for a long time in 1987 he underwent open heart surgery wow yeah crazy he was hospitalized again around Christmas time in 2016 after ironically getting food poisoning. Ah, uh, pretty fucking crazy. This is too much. But I also read that he and his new wife were expecting a baby. Mm. Um, not too long after he got out, so maybe he has another child right now. 
He's old. He does have like he had the three from his relationship with Margie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're all still alive, but you know, yeah, he got out at like fifty three years old. Mm-hmm. He was still okay. You know, them shits are still swimming. If they swimming, you can, you know, make them work. Okay. Make it happen. Okay. One thing James was gonna have was some kids. He was gonna have some kids, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't pulling out of nothing. <laughs> so Jesus. Uh, yeah, that is the conclusion of our case that's our case this week this was intense mm-hmm. this one threw me for a whirlwind mm-hmm. i was completely wrong in the beginning <laughs> and i felt bad for him and something switched in me emotionally and then to find out that he didn't do it is like wow yeah to find out that he got some type of rec- recompense mm-hmm. is great yeah but i do feel like he should have paid his wife some money Really? His ex-wife, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. She lost her children. And I know that he wasn't the cause of that. Yeah. But, you know, through what he went through, yeah. him getting that payment, I would have totally given something to her. Out of solely for her emotional, you know, well being. Yeah. What and she out went of like through. the respect, like what they had gone through. They gone through so much. Together. She, had, she said, she was like, you know, we've been through so much together. Like she didn't want to get the divorce. And she held him down for 15 years. 20. Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. even those five years, he can oh, claim yeah, that she, she didn't, didn't go yeah, see him. She, she see still him. held him down for 15. Yeah. Yeah, nah. she did. That's crazy. I think at the very least, he could have cut her off something from the, the book sale, not the, the story sale. Right. You know, because her children are a part of that story. Right. She's so. a part of that story. Yeah. Just she give is. her the 20K and you live your life with the one milli and 150 that you got. Right. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to money, people always get funny. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. But also one more thing. I read James. So Getty Images has like some images that you can buy and, you know, have. They be charged, bitch, like $500 for one image for mm-hmm. licensing. You kiss my ass. <laughs> but they said that he was with a new female named Lizzie. Okay. Who was pregnant with his child. And I'm looking at her. You can see she looks very very young i thought that was literally one of his children from his relationship with margie i was like who's lizzie who's Teresa? i don't know this man was clearly a polyamorous <laughs> james so, even if you're not a really killer giving? you a dog <laughs> you are a dog 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 at least he was dogging with with the blessing of his wife at the time yeah if that's the truth i guess but yes what a crazy fucking story what a story case right what a nutty one kayla i know what do y'all think what do you guys think because that really shocked me i can't i can't lie it shocked me Woo! well thank you guys so much for listening this week you have to tell us what you think the best way to do it is to comment on the post that i make for this episode on black true crime podcast that's the instagram or Black True Crime Podcast on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But I really, really want to know, were you guys as off-base as Kristen initially was? <laughs> Rightfully so. Were you smelling something off from the beginning? Right. Let us know. And do you think that Annie should have got some money? Good question. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you so much. And if you enjoy the show, please take time out of your busy day to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even Facebook. Yeah. You can do it on Facebook too. It really helps us get the show out to other people and help us grow. Period. Anything else before we go? 
Um, we love you guys, mm-hmm. and we'll see you next week. We will see you next week. And as always, be, be safe, safe, protect, protect your, your peace, and protect, protect your space. space. So, so we, we don't have to cover your case, case friends. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, you can visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time.